Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get, get it, it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is silver and black today. It is the post-game edition. Ouch. The Raiders lose their third straight to start the season, 24-22 to to the Tennessee Titans. Another painful game for Raider Nation. The Raiders made it interesting at the end, though, coming back and getting a touchdown late, but unable to convert on a two-point conversion that would have tied the game and perhaps forced overtime, uh, but it was not to be. And uh, we're going to get into it. I know everybody's got a lot to say, so we'll get to the chat and all that as we move along. But joining me today, again, for our Voice of the Fan segment, is going to be Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Murph is uh, in Nashville. You'll see he is at Nissan Stadium here as I get them all up here in a second. Uh, And I bring them in now. Uh, And Murph, uh, you were at the game. Another great showing by Raider Nation in Nashville. We saw the parties, including yours, which looked fantastic. So congratulations on that one. But tell us a little bit uh, your first reaction here. The team, again, just tough to watch. Showed some heart there at the end, but a little too much, a little too late. Yeah, so Scott, they're doing a three-week football game this day called behind me. I don't know if you can see it or not, but the Franklin Cowboys have already had more offensive output than the Las Vegas Raiders did in the first half. And I can confirm that it's 155 degrees here in Nashville. And thank goodness we were a quarter mile from the sun for this game because nothing like getting burnt up out here watching the Raiders get burnt up on defense. Yeah, oh no. Yeah, that was not tough. And also joining us uh, as well is our good friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby. Evan, um, you were tweeted out at the end of the game. Offense, again, just could not get it done. Third down, conversions did not happen. A lot of stuff just didn't go well for this Raiders offense yet again. Yeah, one for 12 uh, on third downs throughout the game and two of six 
in the red zone. So it's a lot of the same for the Raiders. We're seeing a lot of the same mistakes that we have seen uh, in past years. We thought Josh McDaniels was coming in as the new head coach. We thought these things were going to change, but we have not seen that happen yet with this team. No, no, we haven't. And um, as we bring you guys all back in and Murph uh, out there at Nissan Stadium, like I said, a, a great contingent of Raider Nation was on hand, but uh, you couldn't get the guys to do it. But I'll tell you what, this this team, that first half, the defense was was brutal. The defense in the second half, I think, what, held the held the uh, the Titans to three points or whatever it was. They did well. And it just seems this team can't put a full football team, football game together, excuse me, uh, really out of the 12 quarters they've played, there's really been two, maybe two and a half good ones. What did you see? What did you see that frustrated you? What were fans saying about this Raiders team and what's going on with it? Well, on the defensive side, the, the, the message has been the same amongst Raider Nation for the past three weeks, and that's a lack of appearance by Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones, and I apologize for this. The PA announcer here going off about the Tweety football game. But, like, but anyway, the Chandler Jones, like, unbelievable that we still hadn't seen him. And he's still on a milk card, and we still hadn't seen him showing up. And aside from, from the Max Strasby showing up earlier in the game, really a lack of offensive out, or excuse me, defensive output from the, from the Raiders. But the biggest talk of the, of, the, of the fans, and we were down right behind the Raider bench. Thank goodness we had some amazing scenes. But right down there, the talk was the lack of – I mean, Jared Waller had three touchdowns in his hands. In his hands, we paid this man three years, $51 million in the offseason. I'm not going to be a Darren Waller hater. He's going to be an easy target, just like Derek's always been an easy target these past couple of weeks. But my goodness, like, those are the kind of plays that, like, great players are always great, but they're always great when they have to be. And they had to, Darren Waller had to be great today for us to beat this team. And we could have walked away from these guys. It was That, that was a big challenge, and that was a big Big, uh, you know, story for Raider Nation going into the game. Coming out of this game was their law. I mean, the, the, the one here right here, and that end zone right there, the one that was, it hit him square in the hand, Scott. Like, look, that's not a catch I can make, but that's a catch that that guy should make because he's one of the best tight ends in all of football, if not the best tight end. So let's go, Darren. Like, what are we doing? Like, I, it's unbelievable. Yeah, Evan, it's a good point by Murph there. And something I brought up during the game, too, which was in big moments, it seems like this team's biggest players aren't making the big plays they need to, right? I mean, you look at Josh Jacobs towards the end there with that rush towards the goal line, fumbled the ball. Luckily, it went out of bounds. Okay, then, of course, we had Renfro last week. We had Waller this week. Uh, what what did you make of that offense and what was going on with some of these big stars who, frankly, all just got contract extensions? Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it last week in, in the second half of the Cardinals game. I know I've talked about it on the podcast uh, these players who have gotten these big extensions have have not shown up. We saw Max Crosby with a couple plays here and there, some in the first half. He made a, he had a good, uh, what was it, the sack, not a sack, but a, a big play there and late in the game to get the ball back to the Raiders. But, you know, again, we're, we're just not seeing the type of impact plays from their key players in these games. And, and, and I know there's a lot of finger pointing going on again this week. Whose fault was it? The defense gave up zero points. In the zero second points. half of that game, zero Thank points. Uh, they forced, I have it right here in front of me. They forced an interception, a downs, turnover on downs, two punts. And then the, the Titans final possession of the game was the, the two plays there to, to end the game. Offensively, they settled for two field goals, um, car through the interception, and then they had the touchdown late in the game. So you cannot continue to get into the red zone and not convert touchdowns in these close games. They're going to burn you in the end. Yeah. and, and okay, the, can I, Yeah. Go ahead, Murph. 
I was just going to say, and, and, and I, I hear that comment, Evan, about how Derek threw that interception in the red zone. But look, you guys heard me last week. I picked on Derek a little bit, and I've never been shy to criticize Derek Carr. But this game, and especially that throw, that was not on him. It's going to show up on him in the stat line. But I'm telling you, that hit square and right at Darren Waller's hands and Kevin Byard, they're the best safeties in the NFL. Give him a freaking pop-up ball and a, and a chance to go pick one up, and he's going to do it. So that, that I, I, you know, that wasn't on Derek, and it's sad that it's going to be on Derek. But that, that was, an, I mean, just an ugly play all the way around. I mean, that was the, that was the time for the Raiders to jump back into this thing. And, 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 you know, cause, and then also, too, I will, I will commend Derek as well because I took a, such a hard run at him last week critically. That pass to Matt Collins right down there on that 30-yard line or wherever the heck it was exactly, that was a beautiful ball. We were looking at that thing, and Matt Collins is, like, looking around for it, and we're wondering, we're like, does he even know where the thing is? And we really knew where it was because we were looking at it from a different viewpoint, and he adjusted the ball, and Derek put it right where it needed to be. So, big props to Matt Collins. Big props to Derek Collins for today. If there's anything to take away that's a positive, that connection finally showed up. Well, and, and Murph, let me ask you this, too, because one of the things that that's just continues to uh, befuddle me is is the coaching uh, situation here with Josh McDaniels in the offense. They come out running the ball. Josh Jacobs looks great, even though he's sick. The, the kids carrying the ball, doing really well. Then they get into the second half. They come out in the first possession and pass the ball like five times in a row. I don't understand what's going on. You know, Mo on the show last week made a good point. He said sometimes these offensive geniuses want to be the smartest guys in the room, and they overcomplicate things. When your team is struggling at 0-2, you're on the road trying to get into the win column. Wouldn't you simplify things? And by the way, wouldn't you um, game plan to get the ball to your leading receivers, i.e. Darren Waller, which we know had dropsies today? But Devontae Adams was not a target in the second half after he, they started off hot with him. What's going on here? Are fans talking about that too out there in the stands? Yeah, and the other thing, yeah, absolutely, 100%. And the thing that was interesting is that, like, we got beat by Todd Downing today. Let that sink in, Raider Nation. Todd Downing whispered our ass out here on offense. That is not okay. Like, think about all those screens and all that stuff. It's a hook and ladder. You know, the, I mean, unbelievable that Todd Downing came in and called this game. And I think the thing that's frustrating, at least, to, again, to me and, and to the other fans, is that when you have short distance, didn't we draft Zamir White for, like, reasons to, like, yeah. punch it up there on short distance? And we're like, remember when we had Marshawn, it was third and one, we would toss it out to him and make him run nine yards for a first down? Why are we still doing that kind of stuff? It's like, this kind of goes back to the conversation we had last week. Things change, and then things stay the same. The Raiders change from top to bottom, but the output and the play calling and the performance is the same thing that we've been used to for now 20 years. And I'm telling you, as a fan, they suck. I mean, yeah. Ray, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Raider Nation is undefeated. We've had a brilliant, beautiful weekend with the most amazing people yeah. here in the Music City. Raider Nation has turned out. But this was the worst part. Yeah. And that is... And it shouldn't be that way. All those people flying out there from all over uh, the country to see you, to see the game, uh, just just not a good outcome, obviously. I know you guys had a great time in, in brother and sisterhood uh, the few days before. But, Evan, I mean, you talk about that play calling. Uh, I don't understand what's going on because you, you see the run. The Tennessee Titans are not just bad against the run. They're the worst in the league, and, and, and the Raiders don't run the ball. They started, they successful, and then they abandon it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to hear them talk about how they were playing from behind earlier in the games and they just didn't nah. get enough 
they didn't get enough chance, you know, chances to run the game. And then, you know, you're trying to play catch up. I- I'm sure that's what you're going to hear. But, you know, this is what I want to point out. You, you mentioned Devontae Adams, your best player, not getting enough uh, touches. He did have 10 targets, but only five catches for 36 yards. And, you know, as I'm watching as I'm watching the game, you know, you, you see them doing some some bracketing coverage uh, over Adams. But that's not that's not an excuse because, you know what, when he was over in Green Bay last year, he was the only guy they had in that offense. They didn't have yep. a Darren Waller. They didn't have, and I know Run Runfro was out today, but he didn't. He wasn't surrounded by the cast that he's surrounded by with this Raiders team, and they still found him ways to get him the ball and keep him involved in the offense, no matter what the defense was doing. So McDaniel's has got to do a better job with getting Adams involved in these games and getting them the ball in his hands. And I'm and I'm not talking about trick plays, reverses early in the games. Oh, That's not what I'm started. talking about. Let me let me ask you this, though, because the, the one thing that continues to be a problem doesn't matter who the coach is, is the Reds, the lack of red zone scoring. Again, the Raiders have to settle for field goals. And, and I know you were hard on Derek Carr last week, but to me, this is this is coaching. This is quarterback. This is offensive line because there were penalties there. It's the entire team. It's the coaching staff and the team. They just cannot execute. As our good friend Fabian says, minus four, right? You take four points off the board every time you settle for the field goal. And had the Raiders earlier in this game converted in the red zone, they probably win the game. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I think that's one of the things that, like, that's confusing to me and to a lot of other fans as well is that where's that dog in Josh McDaniels? Like, where's that yeah. Where's that ruthless Patriot offense that we see? I mean, back in the day, when we run the score up on anybody, leave Tom Brady until the very leading minutes of the fourth quarter, only bringing Garoppolo to kneel it out. Like, where, where is that? Where is that foot on the throat? Where is that just, like, again, that dog mentality? So, like, let's punch it in. Let's get in there at all costs. Like, and, and I'll say this, too, on that note, Teams reflect their head coach, right? We can all yeah. agree on that. The head coach's personality reflects on the sidelines. Guys, the body language on the sidelines today sucked. And, the, and I'm not saying the team sucked, but I'm saying that body language was not impressive. When we looked over there, everyone's sitting on the bench. People are stoking on the sidelines. No one's getting fired up. When they're in this game, a two-point conversion away from winning or tying the football game or a touchdown away from getting a good the ability to even uh, run that that that, um, that conversion play. Everybody's chilled out on the sideline. There's no fire. The most fire, my guy, A.J. Cole and Trent Sig. It's the most fire <laughs> out of the team. I saw your oh, my picture God, you tweeted, yeah. MVPs are the yeah. best players on the team, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> it's not. Uh, Evan, he brings up a good point, too, which is – and it's something I noticed, and it it's not always – it doesn't show up necessarily on the stat sheet, but I, I called it maybe incorrectly. I called it urgency. I didn't see any excitement. I didn't see any fired-up type of – uh, demonstration of emotion from the coaches, from the players. What's going on with that? What's your read on that? And, and Murph is right. You take on the personality of your head coach. Is that something you believe is an issue with this coaching staff and it's not translating to the players? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there were a couple examples where I did see some frustration from the players. Uh, the play early in the game when Adams uh, was uh, in the back of the end zone and, and Wallard was, they were both in the same spot at the same time and, and the ball went off Waller's hand. It looks like it should have went to Adams. You saw Adams there really display some frustration. And at times I, I think Derek Carr is showing it too. Just kind of his body language, the expressions on his face after plays are made. But 
obviously that's not enough. This this whole team needs to get a lot more angry at what's going on. And, and like you said, start playing with a, a, more of a sense of urgency. And I think that's interesting to hear what Murph had to say about the body language, uh, what he saw from players on the sidelines. That's very telling because yeah. you saw how this team started the game. Very slow start, got mm-hmm. by, got behind early, and, and so that you know that that's very telling. What Murph had to tell us there. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy. We'll we'll have to see. I mean, they got to figure it out. I know I'm I'm watching the chat on YouTube right now, and of course, most Raider fans believe the season's over. Uh, it's not good. Don't, don't, get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's not good at 0-3. I'm not trying uh, to put perfume on a pile of crap, but what I'm telling you is it's a long season. The team can pull out of it, but I just haven't seen anything yet that gives me, I guess, great hope in that. Murph, before we let you go, and again, we want to thank you for joining us live from Nissan Stadium. Uh, I know you had your party out there in Nashville for, uh, Nashville for Raider Nation. Uh, of course, the, the, the One Nation Foundation. Tell everybody about the foundation. Tell us how the party went and tell us how they can get in touch and make sure that they help Raider Nation contribute to those good causes. Um, that's amazing that you asked Scott. Can I, can I bring in my co-host, my best friend, the whole Come on in, Swag Jeff. Tell him Swag about Jeff. you. Jeff, there he is. He's got the chains. So tell them about the party. Tell them about what we do for the One Nation Foundation. Well, the party's for the best part of the, uh, of the whole weekend, Scott. Out there at Bowie's, we knew Raider Nation was going to show up last night at Bowie's. We didn't know that Raider Nation was going to show up in the way that it did. It was unbelievable. So many people. In Middle Tennessee, all Raider fans, absolutely. But, you know, yeah, the game game sucked, man. There was no heart. There was no, you know, no nothing. We should have won by what score? We should have won by 19 points. Darren Waller, get your stuff together, man. Come on. Stupid. Uh, it's the voice of the fan segment. We got to hear the voice of the fan. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I'm not a pro fan like Murph, apparently. But hey, the One Nation Foundation is it's a great thing, man. So so we, we've been raising money all season long. We start, a couple years ago, back in 2019, we realized we could make money doing this stupid little podcast that we do, Raiders Fan Radio. And so we donated $2,000 in 2019. 2021 came along. We doubled that to 4000 this year, our goal was 8000 and we're rocketing towards it. And I, you know what? I, I think we're going to go over. I Let's just go. think we're going to go, go over. You know, awesome. we're going to keep on rolling, man. And it's all going this year to the Belitnikoff Foundation. So Tracy's Place of Hope, the Belitnikoff Center of Hope, uh, Fred Belitnikoff, the, the great foundation that they have, the Belitnikoff Foundation. Awesome thing. So, so yeah, so you can donate onenationfoundation.net. Or you can join us on our show, all that stuff. You don't need to be a chat or anything like that. It's a good thing. It's great. Awesome. All right. Guys, thank you so much, Murph and Swag Jeff, man. We'll see you on your show. Make sure you follow them, Raiders Fan Radio on YouTube, if you want to uh, watch a great show, entertaining. And not only that, but these guys, they're real, too. They're not just rose-colored glasses. They'll tell it like it is. So this week's show should be pretty dang good. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a safe drive home. All right. Thanks, Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you having me. Let's go, Raiders. Beat Broncos. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, Scott. Yes, Scott, sir. Yes. Our, our invitations must have got lost, lost in the mail. I, I never got my invite to the party. Oh, yeah. I, I You know what? He talked <laughs> about that, it, Murph? and I, I wanted to get down there, um, and I just couldn't because uh, business was too busy, and I couldn't get down. Uh, but anyway, thanks to Murph and then Swag Jeff coming on there at the end. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get on with the rest of the show. I want to talk a little more about the offense. I want to talk about Derek Carr, too, because I know Murph, and a lot of people are saying either in the chat that he is Satan 
or that it wasn't his fault. There's no in between, of course, as usual with Derek Carr. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll talk a little bit else, what we saw so far uh, here on Silver and Black today, the live post-game edition. Or if you're listening on the podcast, thanks for subscribing where you do. If you're watching on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit the subscribe button and then hit notifications. You got to hit that little bell, then you'll know when we're live. We'll be back right after this in just a few seconds here on Silver and Black today.